Hello, everybody. This is Two Guys Five Movies. This is one of your co-hosts, Chris Gasperi. This is Frank Pelican. And tonight we have joining us for another first watch, um, friends of the podcast, Michael Bletso and Orion Moses Wellmaker. Um, so tonight's episode, we are going to be watching Child's Play, um, the original 1988 version of that. And um, both Orion and uh, Mike have not seen that movie before. So I think the first thing I wanted to do uh, was ask uh, why exactly, like what, what happened that made you like not see this movie considering it's like, I would say, what would you say, Frank, one of like the top five like horror franchise of the eighties? Uh, sure. Yeah. That's, that's, I think that's accurate. So Ryan, do you want to go first and then I'll. Yeah. Uh, so I remember, I remember things about Chucky when I was younger. So the first thing is I had a best friend growing up from like, I think age five to, to uh, 12 or so Bobby. And we were friends, we were like best friends in there. And then like around like age eight, I started saying, I stayed the night at his house and he would stay at my house maybe like every weekend or like every other weekend or something. And I learned out like quick that we were able to get away with things more at his parents' house than at mine. And so we were like shooting BB guns and stuff. And then we were able to watch like movies and shows at this house at like eight years old that I probably should not have been watching. Like I watched my uh, my first R-rated movie there. I watched Silver Bullet. That was my first R-rated movie when I was eight. And I was- Is that, a, is that about a werewolf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. With Gary Busey, and, yeah, and Corey Haynes. Yeah, and I was I was scared of the woods next to my house for like two years after that because there was like a werewolf in there, like that was gonna just come and get me. So I watched Silver Bullet there, and I know we watched some other R-rated stuff, but and he had he talked about Chucky, like he he knew about Chucky, and I know he must have seen it, but I'm not sure. I mean, the only place he would have seen it was on the TV like that we had. Like, I think that the, his parents had HBO because I remember him watching, we watched um, Tales from the Crypt. Wasn't that HBO or something? That's right, isn't it? Yeah, HBO. Yeah, so he had HBO. So whatever, I guess the R-rated movies we had available were on whatever HBO was playing. And like uh, Child's Play never really, never came around when I was hanging out with him. And then... Then like child's play never happened, and then I was like early teenager, and by that time I was like, oh, dolls are stupid. That movie looks ridiculous, and and like kind of I made fun of Chucky, even though I had no basis for it, just because right. I was older and cooler, and I was like, man, it's stupid. And right. and I remember, but I remember like '80s things about Chucky and child's play. Like, like I remember watching a trailer at some point. It must have been on HBO at the at the kid's house. And I think I've seen, I think I saw the VHS boxes at uh, Five Star Video near my house. And, but the Child's Play watch just never, never happened. And then I was too old, I figured for it. And then that was kind of the end of that. And I've never seen any of them. So more recently, if I remember correctly, weren't you going to watch this like a year and a half, like a year ago or something? And then now you've held off on watching it so that you could like do this podcast? Yeah, I was going to watch, because the new one had come out, like, whenever that was, a year ago or whatever, and I was, so I was going to watch the 88 one, because whoever I was hanging out with at the time, they wanted to see it, and I was like, okay, 
let me watch the old one and then we can watch the new one. And then I'm not sure what happened. The reviews weren't good enough or that person didn't want to see it anymore. And I kind of, I disregarded the old one and I still haven't watched it. And that's, uh, that's where we are, I guess. Okay. You're in for a treat. <laughs> I, I think that I'm going to, I think that I'm going to like it. And I think I'm going to wish that I saw it when I was younger and it probably would have affected me in some way back then. Okay, cool. Mike? So I, I will say that that I'm a little disappointed because when I first heard about this first watch, I was surprised and delighted that Chris had never that Chris had never seen this movie. That was my assumption. Oh. And I thought, oh, well, I mean, obviously Frank has seen it, but when the first watch was proposed, I, I thought this was going to be a three-way first watch with, <laughs> with Frank supervising. Um, and so now I realize that that was probably a stupid assumption because like, <laughs> at the time, I mean, I was surprised. Like, wow, Chris hasn't seen this. I'm, I'm shocked. But right, I had all the stolen cable channels back then, like from that's the true. little converters. So <laughs> I would have seen it at some point. Although I have not seen this movie, I would estimate either since 89 or 90. So, and I mm. might have seen it twice. Oh, so I haven't seen it in 30 years. So was this movie, was it big with, were kids into this in the yeah. 80s? We all, um, I would have been probably 12 when this came out on VHS and me and all my friends um, watched it. So I don't know. We were super into. What I mean, is it this movie rated? What's that? It's R. It's R. Yeah. I mean, we've already, we've we. I think we covered the, in the last, yeah. in the in the Halloween first watch. I, I didn't see any of these movies because I wasn't allowed to. Right. And Chris, we never, we never watched horror movies. I guess, or we didn't watch a lot of eighties when we when we were teenagers. We never went back and watched a bunch, like eighties r-rated movies yeah we didn't you and i never necessarily like watched any of that stuff it's like i had either seen it through you know cable or my parents watching it or wesley or something like that and um i didn't really except for like certain horror movies like i wasn't and i'm still not like necessarily even though i've been watching them through covid drunkenly um i've never been like a horror guy necessarily but um there's certainly a lot of horror movies that i like um, but yeah, so I definitely would have, we would have never like went back and watched any of those. Plus we were like, so into like, kind of like the indie, you know, scene and stuff like that with like Tarantino and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, um, but we didn't really go backwards necessarily in that way. <clears throat> um, yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm expecting, uh, I, I guess I've always looked at this movie and I just thought it was some cornball B movie. Mm-hmm. And to hear Frank say that it's one of the top horror franchises is pretty shocking. It's a it's, it's a pretty dark um, premise behind this movie. Despite the I don't know anything about it. Killer doll. Really? So you don't know, I don't know anything, anything about it either. Really? I don't know anything. Oh, okay. I mean, I know it's a it's a yeah, it's a killer doll. That's all I know about it. I just yeah, I just know that they buy the doll and it's evil and tries to kill somebody. That's like all I know really. Hmm. That's fascinating. I would have thought there you, there would be like a little bit more like pop culture knowledge like behind it. Um, yeah, I think you'll be surprised by the way that that all is set up a little bit. 
Right. I'm uh, fascinated. I'm ready. Yeah, the, I, would um, put, I would put Chucky in like the upper echelon behind like Jason and Michael and Freddy and probably like the Hellraiser, Cenobites and Leatherface. Like he's right up there. Really? <laughs> he's got more movies than some of them, really, or just as many if you think about it. Right. So I'm I'm going in expecting nothing. <laughs> right. And you'll be pleasantly surprised, I think. <laughs> Good. I hope so. Thirty years later, I'm going in a little bit hesitant in terms of like how I feel about it. Um, I was never over the moon about it anyway, so um, this might actually be a second watch for me. Like I, I, I had to have watched it at least twice, I think, but I, I'm not positive about it. I would guess if you've seen any of them multiple times, you've seen Child's Play too. Child's Play was always, always Child's Play two was one that was always on. Yeah. Um, and still is like it's free somewhere like right now where Charles play this it's first one isn't. Yep, is it? Yeah, yeah. So. But it's um, it's definitely I think the more recognized, the most recognizable of the early um, Charles play movies. Yeah, I don't want to talk about the director of this yet. Um, now that I know that neither of them really know much about this whatsoever, but at the end, Frank, remind me because I want to talk about this director like a little okay. bit. Um, <clears throat> so, okay, is everybody ready to get started then? Uh, yep. Yep. Okay. All right. Here we go. So we will be back um, here uh, intermittently uh, once uh, we go ahead and stop and kind of see what everybody's thinking so far. Okay. So we're about uh, 30 some minutes into the movie. Um, this is still largely the setup for the movie. But um, so far, does anybody have any specific thoughts um, that they want to share of how you think about it so far, Orion or Mike? I think that it's, uh, I knew it would be kind of dark, but it's, it's darker than I thought. I like the, uh, I like the atmosphere of it being in the city. I like the toy store at the front, at the beginning, of course. Um, it was a pretty hot explosion that happened there. I like, um, I thought the Chucky running down the hallway was pretty, pretty cool and creepy. And I guess before I'm digging it, I would have liked it when I was younger. And uh, that's all I have to say, I guess, so far. If I can think of anything else. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I don't know. I, I don't have an opinion yet. Um, do you want to talk about some of the some of the content? Like some sure, of the plot, man. what's going yeah. on? Yeah. All right. So do they do they go back and explain what, what happened in the toy store with... Yeah. They do, yeah. Okay. So is so Chucky's I, dad is that the um, the strangler or whatever? I'm not Chucky's dad. The kid's dad. No. Uh. Uh-uh. Oh. Okay. So that's Charles. I, that's Charles Lee Ray, the notorious serial killer. Is that the guy that was in the toy store? Yeah, that's Brad Dorf's character. So, um, okay. So so did he somehow like transmit his? his essence into the doll is that what happened there yeah that's they'll, they'll explain that um in the latter half of the movie um yeah so i don't know it's you know what i like i like about i, I get this i don't know how to articulate it exactly but there's this grimy kind of 80s feeling like this 80s grimy city feeling to it oh, uh man, i, love I don't it. Yeah, I don't know if it's just the way it's filmed or 
the music or what it is. Um, but it feels kind of, I don't know, I guess it's just that slasher feeling. That it well, it's on, you're watching a movie on actual film that's filmed on a real location, like the external shots, at least. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's so what I was saying while we were watching it is that I, I never got the, um, the my buddy connection. Uh, when, but when I saw the toy in the store, I thought the first thing I thought of was my buddy, like immediately. Anybody have my buddy? My brother did. Yeah. No, I never did. No, I didn't either. Kind of wrestling buddy, but not a my buddy. <laughs> I always what do you mean, like one of those pillows, one of those mm-hmm. Hulk Hogan uh, yeah. pillow? Yeah, I had, a, I had a, a Savage and a Hogan. I think. Yeah. It was Macho King Savage, though, not. It's um, always important um, to think him. It is. The doll, and this is another thing we talked about, but the doll is way big, way bigger than I expected. I expected it to be no more than a foot high for some yeah, reason. I'm the and, same way. And it's like the size of a toddler. That's convenient because a kid can play in the costume, I guess, if that's what happens in a little bit. So the actual Chucky um, character or whatever is a combination in shots of animatronics um little people and children really so there's some puppeteering that's involved in chucky but there's also um i guess for like longer like action shots they use uh child actors and um uh little people actors so the chucky face uh, the doll face really doesn't look anything like the chucky face that i recognize or that i know from all the marketing materials Really? It looks um, like the Chucky case that I know. It has red hair, but it the, the thing that I think about Chuck when I think about Chucky, I think about those damn teeth. He's got these these teeth and um, this weird uh, grin on his face. So I I can explain that in fucking Chucky Kayfabe after the movie if you want. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's the it's the difference between having a a like a living a face that's that's supposed to be animated and living versus a space that's a face that's supposed to be a plastic doll face. Yeah, I, I mean I expect that once he like fully reveals himself to be a you know to be a living doll or whatever that it'll look slightly different. Yeah, right now. Okay. Keeping up the guise of still being just a, a, a toy. So we were talking about Dinah Manoff's, uh, the actress that was on Empty Nest for years, or her apartment, and um, about how nice it was and just how she probably couldn't afford it as a clerk. Um, so I did the research real quick. So she would have been making probably around uh, a little bit more minimum wage, probably around $6 an hour <clears throat> around this time in Chicago. And the rent a month would have been like seven fifty roughly during this time period for a median rent. So this is a really nice place. So let's just like take it up to like at least nine, yeah. and then let's yeah. add on utilities like for like a, like a thousand or so, eleven hundred probably. Um, yeah, there's no way she could afford this part. 
Like none. It's impossible. Right. This apartment's much nicer. I don't know. It, it's like a full size house. Right. So it's probably if seven fifty is the median, this is probably like an eleven hundred dollar a month apartment. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like to mention that was a like that was a serious uh fall onto the onto the truck. It was a pretty uh pretty serious death scene there. Yeah, from the window. I, I really yeah. like the way that was filmed. Yeah. It had a very um exorcist I having not seen this in a while, it had a very exorcist vibe to me in some ways. I don't know why I think that, but there's something about filming it from like far not exorcists, maybe I'm thinking of um oh almost like Italian, like Giallo, maybe, Frank? Like, there's, like, something about it being, like, from a distance, kind of. Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's very Argento-esque. That's what, maybe that's what I'm thinking in, of, yeah. Like, like, from In Suspiria, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's also the way it's lit. Um, mm. And the fact that it's just slightly in slow motion. Right. This is the most artistically, like, interesting of all the Child's Play movies. Like, it's the one that's filmed the most in a serious vein as opposed to, like, being more jokey. Like, Chucky's not just a catchphrase machine at this point. Does he, do, the same director, direct the next? No, just this nah, one. Just this one. Yeah. I believe, uh, let me check. He doesn't, I just checked it. Um, what I was I think, confused like, about... I think he wrote right. it or co-wrote it or something. But. I think the next two child play movies are directed by the same guy. What were you going to say, Ron? I was going to say, I can't exactly remember what he said, but the the kid was telling the mom that uh, his his dad put his put something into into Chucky and it's, it's his dad or something. Yeah, he said that his name is Charles Lee Ray and his dad sent him from heaven to look after him. Is what he said. Andy uh, Andy Barkley is one of the most obnoxious protagonists in the history of film. So everything that, he says, I can understand. That breakfast was things. ridiculous. That right. That was a hot. That was a hot breakfast. He doesn't get any better. Like that big butter slab. <laughs> the sugar. They're just dumping the sugar on top of the cereal and the, and the milk. <laughs> just. Uh. That's the ability like to pour the dribbling all over the place. <laughs> maybe the, when, maybe like when the dad died, he left them like a ton of money. Maybe that's why they have the nice apartment. I was thinking that too. Well, someone she must have got who knows some inheritance, and she's just living there and putting part of her wages onto it or whatever. Right. Never know. People got crazy stories out there. Right. Especially in movies. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and um, uh, keep watching this movie. So we'll be back in a bit. All right, hello, everybody. We're back. Um, we are now about uh, almost 16 minutes into the movie, and uh, the second act has been the mother, like, trying to convince this detective that uh, the Chucky doll was possessed in some way and is committing these murders and now he knows after um, an attempted murder by Chucky. Um, so what do you think of the second half, anybody? <clears throat> I don't like it. Um <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't like the I don't like the doll. It's not it's not interesting or or like visually or 
plot wise or anything like that. It's just, it's kind of cornball. Is that, that's you talking as a 40 year old or like as whatever? That's <laughs> whatever. What yeah, but I don't do any talks. I think, I think the 40, shut, uh, that's, shut the shut hell up, up and let me, me talk. <laughs> I'm speaking. You can keep going if you want. No, no, please do. Please go. So, as a 40 year old, because I'm old, of course, like we all are, but I, I think the Chucky looks like my opinion was the whole time like he's kind of really like cheesy and he's a doll and not scary but like if i was if i was eight years old and watched it i would probably be really scared and wouldn't want to see any dolls like ever like i wanted a my pet monster like i would have never wanted that ever if i saw this movie when i was like eight and Mm -hmm. uh that's all i had to say i wish this was i wish this was a my pet monster movie (laughs) that'd be more horrifying i think I, to say I, I think this movie's really well directed, even though it's got kind of a, I don't know, like a, a silly premise. Yeah, I think it. I, I think that the direction is decent in it. Um, it's pretty good actually. And then I think I think the editing is actually really good too. Um, the way like the scenes are edited together. But um, yeah, I I certainly thought the setup was better than this second act. Um, rewatching it again. Like the goofy the goofiness factor is certainly um, increased uh, exponentially, and um, I, I'm not personally also not a fan of like the the hysterical, usually mother, but the hysterical female character like trying to convince like you know somebody that something is happening um, in horror movies <laughs> and like yeah. I, I it, I'm so sick of watching shows where somebody's trying to convince a cop of something and they're and 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 the cop doesn't believe them or watching a cop show when the cop is trying to convince his boss of something and the boss doesn't believe him is that kind of what a you basic did? premise in horror movies though what kind of the basic premise in a lot of horror movies I don't know. <laughs> I guess it's worse because it's so ridiculous. Because so if you if, if you saw one of your child's toys come to life and do something, would you ever tell anyone that you had seen that? Like, what would you do in that situation? Mm, I mean, keep your mouth shut about it. I don't know. It depends on what they did. I don't know. They stabbed the mailman. <laughs> I, well, I'd have the mailman to back me up. No, he's dead. They they stabbed him. Oh, I didn't kill that mailman. <laughs> but he died in front of your house because <laughs> your daughter's. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, this is a ridiculous question. You can. I mean, that's the premise of this movie, right? You would tell on Chucky. No one would believe you. I would. You got to convince that cop, man. But my argument and Chris's argument—that first of all, it wasn't even my argument. It was Chris's. It was it was Chris's comment, and I was just backing him up. But the point is that that's not entertaining. Not that I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I might be the hysterical mother claiming that the <laughs> claiming that the uh, claiming that the doll was 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 murdering everyone but it still wouldn't be entertaining right i mean i mean 
as a viewer. Outside of that context, I think I am the hysterical mother in so many ways in my life. It's just that, like, it's still not something nobody wants to watch that with me. Um, so, yeah, but also I just find it, like, irritating when it's, like, always it's like it's at least like 70 percent of the time it's gotten a bit better over like the decades but it's always the fucking woman that's like got to be this hysterical like you know type that is always trying to convince somebody um and yeah it's just going back and seeing that again like after all these years it was just like um but yeah i just don't care so where is she now she's in a house yeah, yeah. yeah so we do we, we don't know where it's uh Charles Charles Lee Ray's uh former home, the serial okay. killer that is now Possessing. inside of this Chucky doll, mm-hmm. or good guy doll. I guess it's not really a Chucky doll. From a serial killer standpoint, where where was I'm trying to think? Does that name Ray? Isn't that the killer of um uh? Uh, King, last name. Well, they combined Charles Manson, Henry Lee Lucas, and um. There you go. That's what I'm looking for. Uh, what's his name? I can't remember. Another serial killer. Is it, okay. Something, something, Alan Ray, or something like that. I can't remember who it is exactly to gotcha. give that name. I wanted to say a couple things about this. David third, Parker Ray. Second, third. Yeah, that's it. Toy box killer. Yeah. Okay. I think the I think the direction and the editing is really good. And I still like the I like all the the atmosphere that's going on. I didn't expect there's a couple of things I did not expect. I didn't expect when she was with Chucky at the fireplace. I didn't expect him to like to not show any signs to all of a sudden being like a full-on character like cussing and calling her a bitch like i didn't expect that to happen he's just like why were you bitches oh, like, whoa hold on and then i didn't expect uh chucky's voice i'm not sure really what i expected for his voice but i didn't really expect that voice brad doris voice to come out of his mouth yeah, i didn't know if it was going to be a human like a human i mean i didn't i did not expect know if it was going to be a, an adult or like a, a child's voice i uh but whatever it was, I didn't expect like that. That voice. It's interesting. I'm curious what you guys will think about um, the rest of the movie. I'm ready to get Andy back in this thing. Hey, well, I was oh going to say, I had to comment on the boombox. So they had there were these homeless people with these trash cans burning, and got one penny to their name, and they have this. They have this like a few hundred dollar like boom box like hanging out like this like right. blaster huge boom box yeah and it was uh really bothered me number one just because i want it but number two is i don't think it was realistic everybody so, in the 80s had a boom box especially if you were of the street that was a stereotype of that time period is you were <laughs> of the street oh, yeah. if you were urban in any way you had a big boom box so not yeah, I was gonna, that was, I was, I was there for characterization for like some to add yeah. some flavor <laughs> to their backstory. Yeah, dude, was, I was complaining like about that when we were watching it. Like this shit, like because we were just talking about like Scarface and stuff like that a few weeks ago on the podcast that these movies that haven't aged well, and you know the whole thing like there was that they were it was just this like 
you know, subtle, like, you know, oh, like, Hispanics are fucking criminals, and, you know, we need to probably, like, stop, like, you know, Hispanics from coming in the country and all this stuff. Um, but it's like, I, when I go back and look at a lot of this 80s stuff, and I just re- recently rewatched a Schwarzenegger movie from the 80s um, that we're going to be talking about in the coming weeks, and um, there's a lot of the same bullshit that was in it, and it's like, all this shit, like, you know, it's like, <laughs> like, uh, about like you know uh disenfranchised people and disadvantaged people in the 80s were just like shit on constantly in all of these movies of just like being like portrayed as like the worst like scum of the earth um so it was just really funny to see that this guy like you know is she didn't she only had a dollar to her name so he tries to rape her um it's like jesus so, <laughs> so listen so i don't watch a lot of movies um especially newer movies so has that changed in in newer movies and newer tv shows that Uh, that depiction i I think it has largely i mean it doesn't mean that it doesn't show up in subtle ways at times but um i I think there's a lot more sensitivity and diversity especially in the past like seven or eight years a lot of times the homeless people are like white or i don't know they're usually not villains, right? They're like the pigeon they're, woman in um, Home Alone Two. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. They're 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 on the fringes of society because of some some sort of backstory, and it's not because they're terrible people <laughs> right, that just right. terrible people that deserve it, right? But maybe they've right. like maybe maybe they're they're actually like the the um the ones who have rejected like the ills of 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 society. And they're right. actually or, living, or they're at least living. In, yeah, they're indicative of the ills of society as opposed to like being trash that deserve it. Like, yeah, they're thing they're people to sympathize with more often now. I think we're well, empathized with, I guess, like for the grace of God go I or something like that. All right, you guys ready to start this again and finish this off? Yep. Yep. All right, yeah. we'll be back here in a little bit. Okay, we are finished this movie. Um, I don't care who goes first. Um, anybody want to give their overall opinion of this movie? I do. I liked the way it looked. You don't? I liked the way it looked. Yeah, I did. Um, I didn't really care for it otherwise. <laughs> Music was decent, sound effects and stuff. I wasn't. I wasn't buying the whole... The whole killer doll angle i would have preferred if at the end he was able to transmit his his soul back into the boy i would have preferred that ending and like a thing where they think he's gone but he's actually in the boy yeah that would have been a good ending i think i was going to say that i like the um the atmosphere overall was really good and there was like definitely i mean it was from the 80s so there's like the crazy 80s feel the whole time there's like a lot of 80s stuff there's like the cassette player in the car and he's trying to find the the, the cigarette lighter and like weird things like that that you don't think about back then but now it's like crazy 80s and then but in the last third there were some things that would have probably like horrified me as a kid like there's the first thing was 
when um what's the boy's name andy andy yeah yeah so when andy's looking out the window he can see chucky like in the other building like he's like running up some steps he's like in the window like i would have that's like a, that's some kind of weird scene that i would have would have remembered when i was younger and like always like remembered it and like for some reason in my weird brain like been like horrified by that and then the other like thing the was sequences too yeah and the doctor when he got like electrocuted and stuff or whatever happened with that thing on his head like i would have been like traumatized when i was younger for that and then even like when like burn chuck when burned like chucky was like coming after them i would have been like probably traumatized by that too as a kid and i had a couple other notes here when uh when chucky came down the chimney and like kicked, kicked like the guard off like that was like that was that was like the most badass chucky move ever because i had i had the same i had the same guard when i was like younger we had we didn't have a fireplace like that but we had some kind of whatever some kind of like radiator or something we had that same guard and man if i saw chucky kicking that guard i would be out of the house and that would have been the end of that <laughs> um what else i was gonna say i didn't expect there to be as much plot as there was so that was welcomed like i said like earlier i thought it was just like some doll was like there's i thought that i thought that there was gonna be i thought that they were gonna they were making all the chucky dolls and they were all the dolls in the world were gonna be like killers or something or ai or something but that wasn't really what happened it was just that one chucky doll so that was kind of different as to what i thought was gonna be the plot and then i was well, gonna say the yeah chucky that's kind of the difference that they actually make in the new version wasn't that the new one they yeah. like all of them mm -hmm. were like that that's the that's the changes there's nothing demonic about it necessarily hmm. so in the, in the new one like all the chucky dolls around the world are all evil oh, i think they have a potential to be have you seen the new one? So they're like Mogwai? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watched it this past week um, half-heartedly. It was not good. I didn't like it at all. I hated the fucking Chucky doll. I like this version much better. Um, and I think that um, Aubrey Plaza like is um, has a role that she's effective in, and that wasn't one of them. <clears throat> My roommate watched the uh, the new Chucky, and she said that like the new Chucky is really like a lot more animated, I guess, in the face yes. than this one. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of like cartoony. Um, I think it's, I think it, I think it's a mix of practical and CG. Okay, I think the I think the face probably has like CG elements to it. Yeah, I'm sure. I was gonna say another thing. I was gonna say is that like Chucky was all. I mean, he's only short, but he was all about like cutting up some legs like he, i think he cut like four or five legs in the movie like cutting up some some acls <laughs> i think that's a fear of like small things like that's the most effective scene in uh that cemetery that cemetery yeah gauge mm. cutting He's, yeah cutting that guy's achilles mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's the one thing that i remembered besides zelda from that movie like after all the years of seeing it like just those two things yeah, Zelda stuff is really good. Yeah, but um, yeah, the, the the legs shit, like yeah, like there, but there's too much like shit in here. It's like it's way too much. Like everything's the leg. <laughs> like 
He's he's only short, man. He's only got he can't go that high. But he does he did hit that woman in the face with a hammer, so somehow he got up there. Maybe he jumps. What's your final analysis of this cop in this movie? This cop is a terrible cop, right? Oh yeah, that, that dude's the worst cop. I think he I think he means well, but he just <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't have what it takes to, to cut it. Heart of gold. <laughs> and he's the only detective in uh, Chicago, apparently. No, he doesn't have a, a heart because he he kicked the woman out on the curb, man, and she was just trying to trying to get him safe. And he was like, "Get out! You got you got to go now!" Like he wasn't he wasn't having any of it. He's a jerk, and he got shot in the leg and was trying to trying to hype it up. That dude. <laughs> that dude. Just he carried a Saturday special on him and gave it to her and so he could like probably shoot all the fucking homeless dudes that like were trying to rape <laughs> women. Um, yeah, that cop is yeah, cop is cop. terrible. Yeah, beat cop. I don't I do like, like Chris Sarandon as a cop. I just don't. I, I really love him a lot like as an actor a lot of times but I did not buy him in that role like at all. He's so... Uh, he's you've, you have this image of him as being like the world's biggest asshole from uh, Princess Bride. Sure. Yeah. So it's hard to believe that he's, um, you know, it's hard to believe that he's some good guy cop. Yeah. And the writing of his character didn't really help that at all. I don't think like being like a good guy. <clears throat> He's just kind of bland. So the director of this, um, actually, we talked about this last year. Like, uh, he directed the movie Fright Night. Um, the stars Chris Sarandon is like the vampire in it, and um, what's that guy's name? William Ragsdale, I think, um, is the young kid in it um, that plays like the young teenage boy, uh, which is one of like my favorite horror movies of the eighties. Um, and Frank just put it on the list, I think, just to please me, um, primarily. Um, mm -hmm. and so, like, there's the same director, which I had no idea until, like, I looked it up tonight and realized that, like, this guy also directed, um, Child's Play. So, um, but yeah, but I also realized when I looked him up that he also directed, um, Cloak and Dagger, which is another movie that I, um, like, constantly, like, all the time, like, talk about like loving when I was a kid and then he directed um Fatal Beauty which is another one of those movies that occasionally pops up that it feels like only like I know and kind of somewhat liked um as a kid which is a Sam Elliott Whoopi Goldberg vehicle um <clears throat> uh, from the 80s uh so yeah this guy actually directed a lot of things in the 80s that like I um I really liked but um, I like the direction of it. But um, yeah, I rewatching it again. It's like eh, I just don't think I care about the doll aspect. Um, like necessarily, I just don't think I care for horror dolls or anything like that. Have you guys anyone seen like the Annabelle movies or anything like that? Yes, I saw the first one. Yeah, I've Is seen kind of similarity or anything. No, it's a different idea. Yeah. Hmm. That's a, those are ghost movies, not like evil voodoo movies. Mm. I'm trying to think what there's the, uh, wait, right. This is, but, um, yeah, I guess even the Hopkins movie, right. Is it magic or whatever? Um, 
isn't like this. Yeah, that, that doll is right. There's that, and there's actually dolls, right? Um, I guess there's the puppet master stuff, but they were like yeah. smaller. Actually, and... that's who was originally going to direct this movie was the guy that um is behind the puppet master series. Hmm. One of the yeah. like six people that was approached before um uh, Tom Holland ended up directing it. I'm just gonna say that, like, yeah. in terms of horror movies, like, I'm not a huge fan of Child's Play. Like, it's it's fine. I mean, I I don't think I hate it as much as you guys hate it from the killer doll aspect, because I can suspend my disbelief, I suppose. But I don't know. Like, it's not like my favorite horror movie of the '80s, or it wasn't even in the top five for the year. So right, right, yeah. yeah. I like the voodoo aspect of it though i wish that was played up a little more I, yeah i like I, that too yep yep it felt it feels like a really solid premise that just kind of like the longer it went the more it went downhill as a movie to me um right. well if it makes you feel any better they almost abandoned it aside from like two scenes in the sequel hmm. they also abandoned every other character except for andy in the sequel <sighs> including the mother Oh, she's in a mental institution that's established, like, in the first mm. movie. And he's in foster care. Man, all uh, these spoilers. Okay. You really, are you going to watch Child's Play 2? I was, um, I really like the, the atmosphere and everything about this movie. So I was, I'm thinking about watching the next couple. But, I mean, now I know everything about them. So. Oh, you, you've learned, like, the first four minutes of the movie. <laughs> all of that is revealed. Yeah, I, I made, um... I'll check out the next couple, I think. I actually think the second movie is a better movie than this one in terms of, like, the plot because you've already gotten past, like, establishing what Chucky is, basically. So it's just, it, it's a better, like, action horror movie, I think. You said the second one's, the, like, the recognized kind of one or whatever? I think it's the one that more people have seen because it's, it's played on TV. The, like, it's the one that I've definitely seen I've yeah. only seen Child's Play, the first one, maybe this is maybe the fourth time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I know I've seen Child's Play 2 at least like five or six times. Yeah, it used to be played on like HBO or Cinemax like constantly, like Child's Play 2, like for some reason, like compared mm-hmm. to this one. That's even crazier than so like when I was younger, I should have, we should have watched it, but for some reason it just never happened. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. when you watch Child's Play 2, I think you'll recognize certain scenes in it. That would be funny if I watched Child's Play 2 and like I had some kind of Oh man, I've seen this before. Like that would be like the biggest twist ever. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's gonna happen. But I, I do want to. I'm, I'm curious. I want to watch it. Okay, so before we end um, tonight, Bledsoe. Has... Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to derail you, but um, I wanted to go back to the voodoo topic for a second. Yeah. So are there, are there any other? Are there any other movies or um, TV shows or or books or whatever that where you guys have seen like somebody really go into voodoo as a as like a main part of the plot? That's Angel Heart, right? Is all voodoo? Yeah. And Serpent in the Rainbow. Serpent is in all the voodoo. Rainbow, right? Um, Live and Let Die. Is right. all voodoo. Fake voodoo, but real voodoo, I guess. Not real voodoo, but 
they take it seriously to a point. There's also um, a French horror drama from a couple years ago. Hold on, I gotta look up what it's called because I can't remember the title. Skeleton Key had a lot of voodoo, right? Uh, it's like, yeah, it's. Was any of this was any of this stuff good? Did you like any of it? I like Serpent in the Rainbow, and I like Angel Heart. Both those are good movies. I always liked the. Um, Frank will know what I'm talking about here, but the, the whole uh, Shadow Man, uh, right. voodoo thing from Valiant Comics, from the Valiant Comic Universe, mm -hmm. and what was, was the, what was the other Doctor Mirage or something? Uh, yep. I always enjoyed those stories, and I thought maybe Shadow Shadow Man was a good comic. There was a um, movie that I watched recently. Well, yeah, I watched it recently. It's from the past five or six years, but I wasn't a big fan of it called The Super that had voodoo elements in it. It's on Netflix. I'm going to check out those because uh, I, I also Googled like top 10 voodoo movies or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh, Angel Heart and Serpent in the Rainbow came up. Yeah, yeah I like Serpent in the Rainbow and I, I like both those movies. That, the French movie is called Zombie Girl, which is based on... Um, a real life uh, voodoo zombie thing that happened. Like some famous case where a guy was claimed to be a zombie for like 30 years. Um, that's a pretty good movie. That's, I can't remember I saw that Criterion channel, I think it was on. Yeah, I enjoyed Serpent in the Rainbow watching it again after like 15 some years or 20 years since I first seen it. The second Candyman movie has some voodoo elements to it. Mm-hmm. Farewell to the flesh. Cool. What are some of the other top ten voodoo movies? I'm curious. Uh, well, it's actually top seven here. <laughs> Is there only seven ever? Okay. I don't. <laughs> I don't think they're worth talking about. Gan Gan I think you guys. I think you guys have hit most of them. There's Ganja and Hess. That's a good movie. White That's Zombie. Not... What about White Zombie? Is that a voodoo movie? Yeah, but I don't really think of that as a voodoo movie because it's like. I don't know. White Zombie's fine. You're talking about the Bela Lugosi movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 60s, yeah. Yeah, Ga Ganja and Hess is a low-budget, um, I think it's actually made in Jamaica, movie about voodoo. That's um, It's really weird, but it's it's entertaining. Here's one called Sugar Hill from the 70s. I don't know that. Looks is like that black, the one about black, the woman? Black exploitation horror, it looks like. With the woman that's the voodoo queen or whatever. Is that right? Looks like that might be possible, yeah. I think I've seen that movie then, yeah. yeah. There's a couple of those black exploitation movies from the mid-70s that have a voodoo, like, horror element to them with zombies yeah. and what. Hmm. All right, but, so, but, so we were talking about this at the end of last week's podcast as we were, like, uh, talking about the possibility of, like, what this, like, might end up, like, looking like. But then we started talking about um, wrestling. Have you? Do you know anything about um, Chucky's stint in WCW? No. <laughs> All right. So what are you I'm, talking about? I'm going to share this with you um, live. Uh, let me share the computer sound. All right. You get some copyright claims. Nah, nobody gets fucked about this. All right. What year is this? Uh, 98? 98, I think. Yeah, I think that's right. All oh, right. my God. Rick Steiner. Whatever happened at Fall Brawl is going to happen at Halloween Havoc. 
a lot of stress for both you and members of your family. Do you think you pushed too hard, Rick, for this particular man? No, I don't, Gene. You know, my brother, he's brought this on himself. And this has been coming for a long, long time, Gene. When we get the fall. What? What the devil? What is that? Wait a minute. Take a look. Get that dummy out of here. We're trying to conduct an interview. Who's that? Shut him up, please. Give it a rest. Get that dummy out here. What? Hey, Wait a cue ball. Who what? you calling a dummy? Wait a You're standing there with the genetic throwback who barks at the moon. I'm doing love scenes with Jennifer Tilly, and you're calling me a dummy? Say it again. Yeah. <laughs> we call hey, you. You're a dummy. Hey, what's the matter? For a guy who never shuts up, you sure don't have much to say, mean Gene. Well, uh, just, just a second here, uh, uh, Chucky. Shut the hell up. I didn't come here to talk to you anyway. I came here to talk to that idiot standing next to you. Where? Hey, hey. Bring your raggedy rear end down here. You got something you to like say to me. That, wouldn't you, Ricky? Oh. You've been playing with dolls all your life. At least that's what your mother tells me. What in the world is this? I'm not your type. The worst. You need a kinder, gentler, dumber doll. Me? I'd show you what it's like to get your head twisted off, your arms and legs bent and broken, and when I'm done with you, I'd let the dogs chew on you like some old shoe. How would you like that, Ricky? You got something to say? Say it! If you ain't got nothing to say, get the heck out of here! I'm oh my here god, this felt like this, this felt like ten minutes. Yeah. They should go and see it felt like an eternity when I was watching it live. Here's the whole point. October 16th. <laughs> and I want to give you some advice, Ricky. Don't mess with Scott. You see? What I really what? want to do is and Scott's the lead in my next project. So if you mess with Scott, you're messing with me and my Academy Award. And Chucky's gonna get more than lucky, Ricky. Chucky's gonna get even. <laughs> well, that's insanity. That's lunacy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Whoa. So, yeah, so then none of that goes anywhere. Anywhere. Wow. That's just a one shot. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. There's no reference ever again to any of it. Like Good. it's just it is just <laughs> him coming out and making these claims and then um uh yeah, it's all just to advertise the damn movie. Was Scott 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 Steiner in that movie? No. <laughs> it's just random claims and none is true. What was the Scott reference he's talking about? I don't uh, understand. Scott like, Scott Scott movie. Yeah, what? There was no movie. It's just all fake. It's just none of it's real. Oh. Oh. I mean that, that thing was that that whole thing was the worst. Yes. Yeah. No kidding. It is it's one of the it's I mean that's before 
WCW got bad. That was one of the worst things I ever saw in WCW. Was that what, right there? What exactly time was this happening? Does that happen right there? Right at Chucky time, so '98. Like the end of '98. Well, October. It was Halloween Havoc. Yeah, that would. That's like when it was kind of turning downhill. So that would like make sense. But that was the worst because for weeks leading up to that happening, there would be this disembodied yeah. like cackle that would play over the um, oh my gosh the uh, arena loudspeakers, and ev- no one knew who it was. So this is when um, our like Chuck and I were watching uh, Nitro every Monday night, and we thought like maybe it was somebody from ECW that they had signed that was coming in, and watching this paper. This is the last pay per view I think I ever watched for WCW. Completely horrifying to see that happen and just realize how terrible. Frank, you just you just gave me some flashback because I think I remember the cackling and yeah. like I was I think maybe Chris and I were talking about it like oh man mm-hmm. that's so and so is coming back and it was like and the, the the reveal was that it was Chucky and it was like the worst thing ever. Right. But we, I don't think I ever saw the Chucky thing. We thought it was either Sandman or Tommy Dreamer. Yeah, it was it was definitely something like that like it that had gotten signed and they were going to have him come in and play some kind of like psychotic or whatever. Um, then they signed uh, Mike awesome to be that seventies guy. Hmm. Right. The fat girl thriller. Yep. And, uh, so yeah, that, uh, that, that, that happened. Um, and yeah, I just figured, I, I thought you had seen that or Ryan. I would have swore that we would have seen that. Like, you know what? I might have seen it, but I don't I, watch it. I, I, I think, don't really remember. I, yeah, I think you repressed it. I, I have a memory <laughs> of like when we would like run into my bedroom while we were watching Raw in the living room, and we would run to my bedroom to like see if anything good was going on on Nitro. Yeah, I have a feeling that I, I have this weird memory of you being the one to go in there real quick and see if anything was going on, and coming back and telling me that like fucking Chucky was like. <laughs> hmm. This like, that's possible. That happened person. on Halloween Havoc, though, didn't it? <laughs> No, it was leading. It was the build to Halloween Havoc. Oh, right, and then they it never was, paid it off at Halloween Havoc. Right, you're right. So you thought What's, there was gonna be some Chucky shit, and there wasn't. What was uh, Rick Steiner like challenging Chucky to come to the ring? Like, was that he never did? He just <laughs> challenged him to like. He's like, come down to the after ring. Chucky okay, gives like a, a two minute promo, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he says, "If you got nothing to say, then shut your mouth." It was so bad. It's fucking Rick Steiner was a terrible promo anyway, and then that didn't make it any better. Right. Jesus. <laughs> he was feuding uh, with Scott at that point, right? Like yeah, they that's when they broke it up, yeah, and like he became big Papa Pump or whatever with his fucking right. dramatic freaks or whatever. Holler if yeah. you hear me. Right. Yeah. Ugh. But yeah, I uh, I didn't know. I just wanted to see Leto's reaction to that whole thing because <laughs> I figured he'd never seen it. Yeah, that was painful. Yeah, it feels it's only like three minutes long, and it's like it feels like it's forever. Like Seven those. years. <laughs> yeah, he. It seemed like he was talking for a long time. I I definitely remember the cackling, and mm-hmm. we were like, "Oh man, who's that going to be? Oh, it's somebody crazy!" And it was right. Fucking Chucky. So what's what do you think was worse for um, Gene Okerlund, that or the gobbledygooker? Ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Do you know about the gobbledygooker, Blutzo? I think you have told me about it before, but I do not remember what it is. It's like this big egg that like they like hyped for months of like what's going to come out of the egg for Survivor Series. And um, 
the egg like broke like broke open and it was this guy in like this fucking chicken outfit like it was fucking i think it was hector guerrero like um in a chicken outfit yeah. like yeah. running around the ring and like you know oh my god it's the gobbledygook girl like you're supposed to know what that is like um <laughs> and then they the and then they dance <laughs> that is awful yeah wasn't it well, it's him and mean gene dance in the ring right yeah, I think they eventually dance. Yeah, like once he gets over the shock of the goblin, I'm pretty sure. Because Mean Gene has to like interview him. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and he just like clucks certain shit. I think. Yeah. It's really. I remember seeing. Character. I remember seeing the lead up to that too, because whenever they would do um, what was it then? Saturday main event, right? Uh, was back then. No, nah, what was that? Superstars. Right. And so when Super, superstars of wrestling challenge were two different shows that aired on Saturday, they would just have this egg like behind him at commentary, and they would um him and Heenan or him and uh, whatever gorilla would like, you know, opine about like what could be in this egg. Mm-hmm. That was another one where it's like, oh, it's gonna be some awesome thing, and then it's a fucking man in a dancing turkey costume. Yeah, no, I I don't know what it could have been that would have made it good, but it was um. That wasn't it, right? It, was, think it was supposed to be something like really cool or like some kind of debut, and then like that fell through. And then they they were like, "We gotta no. put something in there." That, no, I've listened to like podcasts and stuff about it. Like, I, they they, oh, they didn't know what depressing. it was going to be. They just and then they ended up just like coming up with the fucking gobbledygooker. Like, oh my god, yes. They, it was just like a it was just like a tease. Like they they didn't really like they didn't have any ideas of like what it was really going to be. I think. Vince got an egg for like a steal, had some kind of auction. Gonna put this on the, the show. Get on oh. the Red Rooster, man. Oh that wouldn't God. have been surprising. With that would have been that would have been that would have been better. Yeah, right. a real Bad debut of the Red Rooster. Bastion Booger coming out of it would have been better than <laughs> that. Would have been amazing. <laughs> I mean, Bastion Booger seems like he should come out of an egg. Um. <clears throat> All right, so that's enough of the wrestling talk. Um, but um, uh, so yeah, so we ended up with um, Frank. You still overall like felt pretty much the same as you did like most of your life, I guess. Yeah, I I, yeah. I will not change my opinion on child's play ever. I don't think. So we have like one unchanged opinion. I think I probably like it a little less than I did when I was younger, but not by much because I was never like a huge fan of it in the first place. And then we have oh, Ryan's going to go watch more of these movies. And Bletso is probably never going to think about these movies ever again. One and done. <laughs> <All right>. so, <laughs> until you're caught in the same situation, Bletso, and then you wish you paid better attention. <laughs> I don't know what to do now. I just get stabbed in the leg and pretend that I can't help. It is kind of a humperdink move if you think about it. Like he is sort of still playing in character. It's true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Hold on, but had did you watch the Princess Bride? Uh, didn't you hadn't had you not watched the Princess Bride when you were younger? Yeah, I never watched it as a kid. Right, so you have watched it since. Yeah, I've watched it a few times. Okay. Several several times. Okay. I'm not sure when I first saw it, though. I might have seen it with Singleton or something. Hmm. But... First time I saw it was with Chris when we were here. Really? Was, yeah. Oh, what, year, what year did that movie come out? 87. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, the first time I watched it with was with you, Chris, and you're like, oh, Andre the Giants, and then I'm like, oh, really? Cool. Hmm. Um, did you like it, Plata? Yeah, I liked it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those ones from the '80s that actually like really holds up. I think still. In other news, yeah. the the Lakers won the NBA championship. Very exciting. Nice. So that's how many how many rings for LeBron now? This is fourth. Yeah. And then I looked it up the other night. Now I forget. Like, um, no, my search isn't saved. The players that won uh, three rings with different teams is really odd. Um, I can't find this easily again. It was a really weird like list of like people that you wouldn't anticipate. They're like dreaming and stuff like that. Um, but there's only like two other people, so he joins that list as well. No, so, this is a good win. Yeah. All right. Well, Orion, Mike, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, thanks for thank having you. us. Yeah. yeah. Thanks. Yeah, it's always fun. Like when we get to do this. Um. Nell was extremely fun. I, I would love to be able to find a movie that, like, we, all of us haven't seen. Um, that's so outrageous. That's, right, right. At the same time, so. We're going to find them and we're going to watch them. <laughs> Frank's always seen everything. Frank's seen everything. Frank, like, Frank, why are you Frank's seen everything? Frank's seen everything. I mean, He's seen it, it all. can be one that the three of you haven't seen. That's um, no fun, man. Oh, it is. But can, we'll find some. God, there, there, there's something that Frank hasn't seen, but then nobody probably wants to watch it. Is what, what the problem is? That, that's the real problem. It's like you, you find something. It's like I know Frank hasn't seen this movie, but nobody wants to watch this movie. Um, I mean, there's a lot of like Australian teenage dramas on Netflix. <laughs> right, that's what my son and his girlfriend are. But, uh, but I've seen all of them. So, <laughs> is that what Alana is watching? <laughs> we've watched a few yeah, the, yeah okay. there's this there's this strange thing where they keep remaking the same movie and it's always in australia and it's uh -huh. yeah save that for the next podcast okay. <laughs> you need to make frank watch the that's what needs to happen is we need to watch the what you think is the best out of those well the, i was trying to get frank to watch the one movie um <laughs> when I was, I was texting him that night about that, there's this ballerina movie and it is the most dour, melancholy. I, was, I put it on thing. my list. I'm going to watch it. It is the most depressing movie I've ever seen. The, the whole movie is just people looking sad and talking, like talking in, in hushed voices. And, um, and this just this like lilting, ambient piano in the background and everything is desaturated it's like it's everything is just like gray and pink it's the, so it is the so, most depressing so it's Lord, thing it's Lord of the rings <laughs> uh well that's new zealand hmm. <laughs> i'm putting uh, on my list it's it's bizarre how how depressing it is because it's also real low budget so it has that awkwardness it has that like low budget awkwardness where they didn't really get the shot. 
but they had to use it. <laughs> so everything that's, is just kind of that's unfortunate. Yeah, everything is just yeah. I I can't remember what it was called. I have to I have to look. But well, it's anyway, on my it's on my list. So. All right. Well, we're, since we're talking about it, I'll tell you about these other Australian movies. <laughs> okay. So the first one that I saw, it was called. Hold on, I'm I'm looking it up right now. Um, it was there's two, so one of them's called Raising the Bar. All right, Raising the Bar movie. Let me see. Okay, that was 2016. That is the. Hold on, let me. Let me give you the the synopsis. Uh, there's no synopsis. <laughs> it's gonna be a surprise. Okay, so anyway, it's called Raising the Bar. It's the story of this girl who's a gymnast from the USA, and she goes to Australia, and um, she goes to Australia like with her. I think it's with her mom. Her her parents get divorced. She goes to Australia with her mom. She meets some kids at the high school. Uh, they're trying to start a gymnastics team and they don't really know what they're doing, but she's, she's a champion gymnast from the mm -hmm. USA. And so she kind of takes on the role of the player coach and they build this whole Australian gymnastics team. Like, um, and then, you know, they win the championship and everything mm -hmm. and it's called raising the bar. So I go downstairs one day, my daughter's watching TV and we're, she's watching this movie. I'm like, wait a minute. That's the same girl from Raising the Bar. But that this is not Raising... Wait a minute. Those other girls are also in Raising the Bar. Uh -huh. And this is in Australia. But they're not doing gymnastics. They're doing cheerleading. So they, they take the same plot with the same actors. And they just make it a cheerleading movie. And that one's called Go for the Gold. Oh, I'm going to tell you the name of the, um, the name of the, I'm, I'm trying to find, now I'm, I'm under pressure trying to find the. Uh, going for the gold, I have it here as well. Go, going for gold. Yeah, going for gold. Okay, so going for gold movie. I'm going to get you the name of the guy who made the director. Yeah. Clay Glenn. What? Oh, Clay Glenn. Yeah, he's the director, producer, screenplay. Those are his credits. That came out in 2016. 17 year old Emma joins a high school cheerleading team when she moves to Australia with her dad, who is a former Air Force officer. Okay, that's that one. And then Raising the Bar is a teenager who gave up her spot in an elite US gymnastics program when her family moved to Australia, enters a competition to help a new friend. But all like, I think more than, I don't know if it's more than one, but some of the supporting actors are the same in both movies. And I also lead, directed a movie on Netflix called um, A Second Chance, which is about gymnasts. And the lead is the lead actor, or the lead actress in both movies is the same. Yeah, it's, it's unreal. There's only three on Netflix, it seems. What's the other one called? A second chance. Yep, and then there's actually another one called A Second Chance Rivals. Oh, oh, special edition. Oh my God, that girl's in it. 
I just looked at a second chance. This was earlier. This was in 2011. And that same girl is in it. That girl's in all three of them. A young girl and her coach overcome adversity to make their way into the national Australian gymnastics squad. Is this Emily Morris? Oh, I don't know what her name is. Okay. This one, I think I was, I was arguing with my daughter about it because she was watching this one and I was saying, that's the same girl. And she's right. like, no, it's not. It's not the same girl, but it, she, it is. She's younger. It's a different lead. It's a different lead. One of the, one of the, the supporting actresses from the Okay, league. yeah, no, it's Emily Moore. Emily Morris is in all of his movies. Okay. Well, you just hit the cross-reference there. Yeah, <laughs> the, I'm, just, I'm just going through. I'm just going through. Yeah, I just like Clay Glenn. on all of his movies. Yeah, and Emily Morris. That's the, that's the, that's the tandem, apparently. <laughs> yeah, this dude's movies are out of control. What? Um, yeah. Now that I, I've searched for him, it's all I'm ever going to see. Right, I know. My feed's just going to be like constantly like giving me these <laughs> fucking Australian movies now. Like, hey, did you know that uh, this guy is like doing this new movie? <laughs> Here's um, some analysis of this movie. <laughs> wow, check this out. From the Working Mom blog, it's 20, gymnastic mo- 20 gymnastics movies on Netflix. <laughs> Oof. I don't, I haven't seen all of these. That's a world that I would never, never get in, like, know about. I don't want to know about the Working Moms blog. Yeah, me neither. (laughs) Frank, you gotta, you gotta watch that movie that I'm telling you about. See if you can make it through. The ballerina one? Yeah. I'm, I can't find the name of it right now. I'm trying to find it on my list, but my list has so many movies on it, it's hard to parse. I just Googled the Working Moms blog, and what came up is not the Working Moms blog. It is a website called fairy, fairygodboss.com that has an article that is about the 21 motivational Working Mom blogs wow. that are out there. It's a genre. It is. And now this huh. is a world that like I don't want to know about. Eh, you know, useful information. Gymnastics. <laughs> this podcast never ends. Gymnastics. That's how it goes. Usually, let's this just pick a quick cages are. Yeah, I don't want to. Is... I don't want to detrail the thing. But I was looking on the new the 2019 Chucky, mm-hmm. and on the front of the 2019 Chucky, it says, "It says Buddy, like my buddy." It's driven to dance, right, Blitzen? Disregard. Yes, <laughs> that, that was a big disregard. Yes, that's it. Driven to dance. Sorry, I mean I'm trying to stay on topic. <laughs> the 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 new the new new topic, not the new old topic. What's your what was your point, Ryan? That it said buddy on the front okay. of the new um of the new yeah B U D D I. Yeah, that's like that's what, with, let's like my buddy thing. That's, well, that's well, right. That that's what they call him actually in the new movie. Like, that's right, like there's no chance of stewed. Yeah, they're not going to get stewed in 2020, where I think they're actually kind of afraid of that in uh, 1988. This yeah. should be the opposite, though. Oh, you're cutting out. <laughs> I think you were cutting out. You uh, were like uh, cut her out, or hey, come on now. <laughs> <laughs> It's all that. It's all that searching <laughs> made you cut yeah, out. Too much Australian movie searching there, man. 
Fucking that and Goosey Lights. <clears throat> Goosey Lights. Goosey Lights. Goosey? Prove it. You said Goosey Lights. No, he said, he's talking earlier about Goosey Orange Lights. He's looking oh. Oh yeah. Look at, those, that, uh, look at look at that like it's it's frozen. It's the light. <laughs> <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> All right, that's All a right. good place to end it probably. So right. <laughs> is on that image for me. All right. <laughs> I gotta go to work in the morning. So <laughs> thank you for too. listening, everybody. Yep, have a good night. Yep, have a good night. <laughs>